Welcome, everyone, to the Raw and SmackDown Team Turnbuckle Podcast, IB Sports Wrestling Podcast, where we do two wrestling podcasts a week. One is Raw and SmackDown, which will be this episode. The other is TNA, or TNA, AEW and NXT. Uh, this week on the Raw and SmackDown episode, we will be also doing a full preview of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view this Sunday, which will be live. Uh, I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, is Ronald Tinsley. Ronald, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, my friend. How you doing today? Man, I, I cannot complain. I am uh, excited about this pay-per-view on Sunday. I, I'll be the first to admit that Raw and SmackDown have not been great as of late. But the card for the pay-per-view this Sunday is really interesting and has a lot of matches I'm excited about seeing. Absolutely. It's got a lot of promise and, you know, those with two title uh, world title matches that I'm very into. I'm excited about this pay-per-view, probably more excited than I initially was for Mania. That's saying something, but I mean, uh, I think also WrestleMania was when we were still trying to get our head around uh, yeah, what, were, what were they going to do. So we're going to start with the recaps of SmackDown and Raw. This is the SmackDown episode from last Friday and the Raw episode from this Monday. Uh, then we will do the Money in the Bank preview. We're going to each give for the Money in the Bank uh, preview uh, our picks of who we think will win and then who we think should win. Um, and then obviously we will be back near, uh, I guess this weekend to do a recap of what was a phenomenal, uh, Wednesday night for wrestling fans, both AEW and NXT had very good shows Wednesday, but let's start off with SmackDown. Carmella qualified for the money in the bank. She defeated Mandy Rose with an assist from Sonya Deville, who basically cost Mandy her spot. I'm personally surprised that wwe did not use the money in the bank match to further the feud between sonya and mandy i think it's way more interesting than the three participants that they picked on the smackdown side from at least the women's uh we i think we all know that the raw participants the winner is going to come out of those when you have nia Jax, oscar and Shayna Baszler, and then on the other side, you have Carmella, Dana Brooke, uh, and uh, who is the other one? I've already forgot, but you're going to, the winner is going to come, who, Shayna, or no, from the SmackDown. So. Oh, from SmackDown, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Goodness. That, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke, thank you. Uh, I think we can agree that the winner is going to come from the raw side. So I thought that they should use this to put both of them in the money in the bank match. I don't believe, I think Sonya may have competed in one of them, but it would be a good opportunity for both of them to get some exposure, further their feud. And then obviously you could have one cost the other, a realistic chance of holding the briefcase do you think WWE made the right decision having Sonya cost Mandy just a spot in the money in the bank, or should they have actually had both of them go to the match and kind of continue their feud from there? Yeah, they probably did miss an opportunity. I mean, I'm okay 
Um, as long as maybe we get a match with them, perhaps at the pay-per-view. But you're, you know, I can see where uh, having that in the actual Money in the Bank match would definitely have played better. The only thing I will say, just thinking now actually about it again, is if Sonya comes out on the next episode of uh, SmackDown and says that, you know, she cost Mandy this opportunity because she didn't even get an opportunity and, you know, she want, you know, she's tired of being overlooked, cast aside for Mandy. I guess it would sort of shape up. I just still think that it would mean more for them to be in the money in the bank and one of them cost the other. And again, it's not like it's a murder's row of participants on the SmackDown side. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I was definitely disappointed. Um, I didn't like the fact that they had had Lacey and Sasha for the matchup leading in. I thought that Sasha should have been one of the contenders to kind of put a little more pressure on what their situation was. But, you know, I don't always get what I want. In wrestling, that is very true. Though we get more than we used to, so we should be thankful for that. Indeed. Uh, Next up, Daniel Bryan defeated Baron Corbin by disqualification. Uh, After the match, he was able to get the yes lock on just for a brief second before he was attacked by Shinsuke and Cesaro. Before the match, Daniel Bryan gave just an excellent promo about being hungry to win the, the Money in the Bank briefcase and to be back in the title picture. And before I get any further this, I just it needs to be said that it Daniel Bryan was not a great talker uh, when he first kind of rose to prominence. You can say when he first got called up from NXT. Honestly, all the way up until his first championship at WrestleMania 30. In a lot of instances, he was carried by just the popularity of the Yes chant. But it is amazing to see how much he has you know, perfected his craft to the point where he did such tremendous hill work last year. I mean, you have to remember that mm-hmm. not only was it great to hear, I just, I laugh every time I think about the fickle, where he's talking about how fickle WWE fans are, but this is a guy that got people booing him after he had one of the most over chants in the history of wrestling he was one of the most over guys since Stone Cold before his injury, came back, had this great redemption arc, and then was still able, because of his work on the mic, able to get the crowd to turn against him. I don't think he gets enough credit for just being not just one of the best wrestlers in the ring in the world, but you know, like a Chris Jericho, one of the best wrestlers in the world because he's just as good on the mic now, and it was a wonderful promo. The promo leads me to believe that Daniel Bryan probably is a favorite, at least a you know one of two favorites in this Money in the Bank match. Do you think with where his character's at right now, just turning back face, would it be good for him to be the brief the briefcase holder and win the Money in the Bank match? I could see that uh, being a strong possibility because the funny thing was is that when uh, he was dealing with um, Sami Zayn and the trio around the Intercontinental title. It's like, yeah, you know, I could see Daniel, the Intercontinental, but 
it's kind of hard. It's uh, it would almost be considered a downgrade. And you're right. Uh, his uh, evolution, especially over the last couple of years, being able to pull off a fantastic heel, um, it, it does actually, you're right, does need to be spoken on. So it wouldn't be a surprise to see uh, Daniel Beck in the picture or they can help use him to, you know, maybe put put a fresh face over. I don't know. But, you know, Daniel Bryan is is doing pretty great things. And, you know, he's making more of this situation with Drew Gulag than I was initially ready to uh, give credit for. Well, he's really made more of every storyline they've given him since he came back. I mean, the, the first tag match with Shane was kind of a mess and the crowd got behind it. Uh, his championship run at first was shocking uh, when he won the title and then the slow evolution to the Hill character, which at first it kind of seemed ridiculous, but he just took the ball and ran with it. Cause so many pe- people need to remember people were pissed because he was the most over guy arguably in the company. And then they turned him heel. And it's like, you have guys like Roman Reigns who, you know, this was pre uh, his his health issues who people are begging them to turn him heel because of the reaction he gets from the crowd. And then you take a fan favorite like Daniel Bryan, but he made it work. Uh, I also think that it's just really interesting that, you know, you made the point of him kind of being above the IC title. We need, now have two guys in the money in the bank and we'll go into more detail when we get to Raw and AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan who they've, you know, they've done it all. They're, you know, top guys. And for them both to be in the money in the bank, you know, ladder match, it does make you think that one of them is going to walk away with the briefcase because it's an easy way or an easy story to lead to a championship run. And neither of them have had one in a while. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the after um... – all of this and you look across the board from uh and you know when we'll get when we get the raw we'll talk about it this is turning into quite the interesting men's money in the bank match and um money in the bank match and i can't wait for it honestly both of them i mean not all the participants and the women but with the three names you have just from the raw side it's very interesting because they're three powerhouses uh, and I would say that Becky, uh, Bailey, or even Charlotte, whoever has that briefcase, where they decide to go, like the champion is not going to be happy because you have this huge force with the ace up the sleeve of being able to pretty much get a match whenever they want or attack whenever they like. And that's really interesting. Totally. And, and especially with um, the couple that I'm juggling for my winner, yeah, nobody's going to be happy. So next, and we discussed this, uh, I believe it was on the last Raw and SmackDown episode, the Forgotten Sons with a surprising upset victory over the New Day. Of course, it was a non-title match. Uh, I'm going to scratch the question I actually sent you because I, I just have to get into this. My biggest pet peeve in WWE right now, and obviously there's a lot of them, but... I can't stand how often they have a team or an individual win the title and then lose a non-title match within the first few weeks of them winning the championship. 
and they're doing it, you can see it, to set up a challenge or a reason to challenge for the title. Like, that's such lazy booking, and it's bad booking. It's part of why titles don't mean as much is because you have champions that aren't very dominant. And you should be able to find up a, a more creative way to get the Forgotten Sons into a tag team title match or into the tag team title picture and have them beat a team that you just celebrated for being eight-time champs and just won the belts back. That is totally – you know, it's funny. When you first started going, I thought you were going to say what I was going to say. But instead, I get to layer on top of that what I'm also getting tired of is when they bring a new team up from NXT. Yes, I I understand you're trying to get them pop – why are we always trying to shove them right into the tag title picture or shoving two people together like Alistair Black and Ricochet and shoving them into the title picture? I mean, they've already got enough of a base where they can do exactly what you just said. Bring them, uh, I mean, just bring them in, build them up against a couple of really decent teams because you got some good tag teams, but not all in the picture where you can build them up over a month or two before you want to just shove them right into the title picture. And that was one of my favorite parts about like eighties and nineties wrestling was like a team like the rockers with Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, you would see the evolution. They, they would fight, you know, the bushwhackers and then they would have a feud with a, another team and they would slowly work their way up to like demolition or the heart foundation or an actual tag team you know, opportunity. And we miss that. It, it's just like kind of in sports that, you know, before the number one or number two seed who has never won a title gets to the championship round, they have to go through these other teams. They have to feud through them. It's the same deal in wrestling. Like it's okay to let them have three, four matches and maybe trade a few back, but they get the upper hand at the end and they move on to another team. I just, again, I'm not trying to complain because this is not that kind of a podcast, but it's just so lazy to do this because as you'll see on Raw in a minute, they did the exact same thing on that episode. So it's just, it's kind of mind boggling that they think they can just rinse and repeat and fans won't notice. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Matter of fact, (laughs) let's just, (laughs) we can, we can move past. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and actually a move that I was very excited about because when I saw Otis was facing Dolph Ziggler for the last spot in the men's money in the bank match, I really thought because Ziggler is without a doubt the best seller in the business. It's not even close. They were going to put Dolph into that match, which uh, I really did want to see Otis in there. We don't really have a true powerhouse. I guess you could say Corbin. Um, but Otis is going to be very interesting in that match. I think he's going to have some great spots, uh, but he did defeat Dolph Ziggler. He is now the uh, fifth. They had to actually have a fill-in for the sixth spot on Raw uh, to qualify for the men's Money in the Bank match. Are you okay with Otis going over Ziggler here? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, considering everything that's going with him, it's good to show him get a little momentum and at least, you know, he's outside, uh, right outside looking in. So, yeah, I'm totally for Otis right now. So that was pretty much SmackDown. So let's move on to Raw from Monday night. 
they had, and this is why I say, you know, it's had its ups and downs. The gauntlet match to start uh, Raw was very good. It was for the uh, the last spot, which unfortunately we still don't know if it's uh, a storyline or if he's really injured, but Apollo Crews is out. It started with Bobby Lashley and Titus O'Neil. Lashley made very quick work of Titus, did the same to Akira Tozawa, and he also defeated Sheldon Benjamin. And all I could think during this was, you know, WWE is listening to our podcast because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just told mm-hmm. you on the last episode, I did not understand why they had this big guy, Bobby Lashley, who can go in the ring. Like, Bobby's a good performer. He's not the greatest talker, but he's great in the ring. He's got a great look. And they just, I don't know what they've been doing with him. Like, treat him like the monster that he is. And they were. And it was great to see that. Uh, Humberto Correa came in. He actually advanced over uh, Lashley for a very weak DQ that I was just shocked because it was something that normally you do not get disqualified for. So that had eliminated Lashley, but they made him look very strong, which I loved. He was, you could tell, the star of this gauntlet match or at least the person that creative wanted to highlight, and I like seeing that. Uh, Angel Garza came up next. Uh, he was also defeated by, uh, defeated by Umberto with a roll-up. Then Austin Theory, who again, he survived. And then finally, in a surprise, the last participant was AJ Styles. Apparently, somebody dug him up from the Boneyard grave. Uh, and it's not a surprise, AJ would end up winning with the calf crusher. He then cut, I thought, a great promo after the match. For the most part, saying, you know... Let me paraphrase him. I know some of you are thinking I'm a loser, but I went toe-to-toe with The Undertaker, and I'm here, you know, to talk about it, and I'm going to basically win the briefcase and then become world champion, uh, which I thought it was a very effective promo. Do you think that having AJ Styles in the money in the bank was the right move or should they have put somebody else from that gauntlet match in it? Um, going back to the recap of it, when they had that terrible DQ and then, uh, you know, Tony Garza come out, I was like, no, they're going to give us a Berto <laughs> in this match. no, because man, Bobby Lashley, I thought that I, I like you, also thought I'm like, holy crap, they're listening. We're gonna get lat. This is gonna be great. <laughs> Still very happy with the AJ surprise. Happy about that promo. I was like, what? It was a, it was a graveyard match. What is that? That's not a real match. So what? <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. So yeah, and like you said, now we got you know Daniel Bryan, Alistair Black. Baron Corbin, Daniel, I mean, Otis, whoo, this money in the bank match is going to be great. And I can't wait to see how they play this with uh, going through WWE HQ. And, you know, it's funny that I complained about the participants, particularly on the Raw side, just last week, mainly because I didn't understand Rey Mysterio at this point in his career. And honestly, I didn't really understand Apollo Crews. Aleister Black, I get. This is a guy that, if the reports are correct, he was the other finalist that Heyman was deciding to win the Rumble between him and Drew McIntyre. So it makes sense that they want to push him. 
But by them taking Apollo out, whether it's a legit injury or not, and replacing him with AJ Styles, and then, you know, with Otis on the other side, now all of a sudden it is really interesting because you have three younger guys, three veterans, and it's it's harder to predict who the winner is going to be because now you have you can easily say four people that I could see winning this match and, and not bat an eye. So kudos to WWE there. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the Viking Raiders went over the street profits. It did lead to a tag team title match at Money in the Bank. That is now official. I saw it on the website. Again, I just don't understand this laziness and booking to where there's so many ways to have this match in without the Street Profits who you've been pushing. They've been doing great in their role, taking a loss. To me, if they're going to take a loss, it needs to be for the titles. Otherwise, protect your champions. Like, it's not that difficult, is it? It isn't, but apparently it is. Uh, It looks like it's going to be one of those things where this is just going to be one of those things that we're not going to like, and they're going to keep playing that card. So um, I guess there's no reason to really go at length about it. I'm not happy about it either, even though, you know, they put on a – oh, my God, that was a great match. It was a great match. Damn good match. And they're probably going to put it on an even better one still – you know, I, I kind of still would have hoped that they were going to give the, the Prophets a l- little bit of a longer uh, run uh, as champs. So next, Charlotte defeated Liv Morgan. Uh, I'm not totally sure why Charlotte is on Raw every Monday, other than she must get a rating. I know that they've finally given Becky Lynch some time off, which is well-deserved. I think I saw that she has... Uh, defended her title on every pay-per-view since WrestleMania. And you got to remember, she's been champion since then, obviously has been a big part of a ton of Raw moments since then. And the only thing I can assume, because I will notice that most weeks Charlotte is on and highlighted, Becky is not on the telecast. And so maybe they're trying to, you know, keep that pop or rating uh, for the women. But do you think that, like, is this helping people like Liv Morgan by just going toe-to-toe with Charlotte? In most cases, I would say no. Um, but in this match, you know, Liv showed a lot of grit. So I think this was more that they're actually trying to play play it up. Quick side note, you know, I always kind of liked Liv, but it was like, you know, I wish she would kind of dump the fake Harley Quinn and I know that it's kind of like, you know, maybe a different type of character, but the gray hair and all that stuff right now. Sorry. But no, but um, hopefully this, this does mean that perhaps, you know, Liv will be uh, talking around, you know, championship picture, maybe next year's uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, you can have, you know, Liv Morgan. I can have Brandy Rhodes, man. It's it's whatever floats your boat. Uh, well, they, uh, they're both beautiful women. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the main event of Raw saw Drew McIntyre defeat Buddy Murphy. This was a really good match. Uh, 
I don't know if I just didn't notice how good Drew McIntyre was in the ring until he became champion and I paid more attention to him. Or maybe it even started after he, you know, won the Rumble and was definitely going to face Brock at Mania. But he has been fantastic in the ring. I've, I've loved all of his matches since he's been champion. I will say again, I love the way he breaks the fourth wall without the crowd there and actually talks to the camera. He's still the only person I've seen doing that on a regular basis. I think it's really creative. Uh, And it also needs to be said, Buddy Murphy is fantastic in the ring. And I really hope they use this storyline with Seth to build Buddy up because he, he, I'd love to watch Buddy Murphy wrestle. I'd watch him wrestle just about anybody. uh, And he, he just, he deserves a limelight that he's getting. Not surprisingly, after the match, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, was able to sneak attack on Drew McIntyre. He super kicked him, but then surprisingly, McIntyre avoided the curb stomp, which maybe this is me, you know, overanalyzing wrestling for too long, but it immediately got my wheels turning that, wait a minute, Seth is supposed to go over on the go home before the pay-per-view. So that way he looks strong and then McIntyre retains. I'm now worried that Seth may win the title because they made Drew look strong. I mean, he beat Buddy Murphy and was able to get out of a sneak attack by Seth Rollins. Am I overthinking this or are they laying hints that it may be a short title reign for Drew McIntyre? No, no, I, I think that you may still be wrong. Um, let me touch on everything that you had spoken on. Number one, yes, phenomenal match. Um, Buddy Murphy, I don't know what it is that they're going to do with him, but with the work that he's been putting in, um, like his feud with Aleister Black, just consistently putting up fantastic matches. I can see like a U.S. title on, on him before the year is out, totally. You and I, um, I guess we must have came together for a certain reason because I remember I was actually taking notes and I had also wrote, Drew is looking phenomenal and it looks like he's adding to his repertoire right now. Like he's looking really strong and he's not, he didn't stop working. So yeah, I totally agree that he's been definitely adding to his skill set as well as, you know, the way he breaks the fourth wall is just, it, it, it's comical and it's at the right spots. Um, in the end, I still feel that they're going to, I'm hoping, use Seth Rollins to continually solidify uh, Drew as a champion. But, you know, that was a, that was a great uh, go home because now it does kind of get the wheels turning a little bit. And if that is the case, kudos to WWE for, as I just complained about with, you know, the tag matches, doing the same old, same old. They realize people like us have figured out that formula and sort of changed it up. So uh, that's pretty much it for SmackDown and Raw. So we are going to go through the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that's this Sunday on uh, the WWE Network. Again, it's it's actually a really great card. We'll go through all the matches, and I want us to each give who we think will win and who we, you know, like, think should win. Uh, 
So let's start with Sami Zayn defending his IC title versus Drew Gulak. Who you got? Uh, Sami should and will win. I agree. I, I, I'm just hoping, you know, what they're doing with Drew, I can understand. I'm not really a big fan of his, but the, I, can, I can admit the kid's pretty good in the ring. So, but not yet. I, and I think that the reason I say I agree is that we've talked about they, they don't they don't stick with champions long enough. And I feel like that that hurts the next person to win the title Sammy is doing good work here. Let him have a run. And then when you find a face that you really want to build and get that, you know, next step up championship, Sammy can be your guy to put him over. So I I agree with you 110% on that. I hope that's what they do. So that'll probably mean that Drew Gulak will be your new intercontinental champion. Uh, The Raw tag team titles are – on the line as the Street Profits face the Viking Raiders. So it needs to be said that the Viking Raiders have had the Street Profits numbers, both in NXT and in WWE. I'll go first. Because of that, I hope and think that they are going to put the Street Profits over the Viking Raiders. That'll make me feel better about the loss that they had on Monday Night Raw so I think that the Street Profits are going to go over. I believe that's the right move because this is the best new tag team they've had since the New Day. Completely in agreement with you. Um, and to just go back to our old point, since we're talking about the Street Profits, if I were to choose anyone in any federation, Bianca Belair. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to put that in there. That's all right. You just you're gonna have the street profits coming after you. Oh so, yeah, uh, no, I'm gonna have a lot of smoke with that. But so the SmackDown tag titles are also on the line in a fatal four way. It's the New Day defending the titles against the Forgotten Sons, Miz and Morrison, and the Lucha House Party. Again, who do you have winning this match, and who do you think should win it? Um, I have winning this match. Unfortunately, I have the Forgotten Sons winning this match with the with the way it's going. The New Day should win this match. So I, I hope it goes as it should and not how I think it's going to go. I'm going to say that the New Day is going to win the match, and I agree with you that they should. I hope to God they're not building up the New Day is, you know, the eight-time tag champs. And, you know, they had the celebration, the, the history of all their title reigns, and then have them lose in a fatal four-way. Again, the New Day are a big-time team. It's kind of like with John Cena and the singles four or five years ago. If John Cena was going to lose, it needed to be somebody important, and that needed to be in a one-on-one match. Let's not waste a New Day loss on a fluke win where they don't even have to get pinned. So I'm hoping that the New Day retain, uh, and that's the way it should be. Bailey is defending the SmackDown women's title versus Tamina. Any chance Tamina wins this match? Um, I hope a snowball's chance in hell and that it's already in the fifth level. 
<laughs> so <laughs> the uh, I don't know why, but just my gut tells me that Tamina is going to win this. Uh, I think that Bailey should win it, but I just deep down think that the way they played the Bailey Sasha feud. It would make sense for Sasha to cost Bailey the championship. The issue is, I just, I'm with you that I just don't know if Tamina should be champion, but I will say that Nia Jax, who I know is not one of the most popular women uh, in wrestling or people in wrestling, she, uh, I guess it was on uh, either the Total Bellas or the, uh, the, the Diva show that they have on E. I saw a clip on Twitter the other day of her talking about the reason she fought through her knee injury going into Mania last year was because Tamina had never had a WrestleMania moment and how much the locker room respects her, and she wanted to give her that opportunity. Again, I could see WWE saying that we're going to reward her for her career by giving her that one title right here. It'll be a very short reign. And we can also continue the split of Bailey and Sasha. Do you see that happen? I mean, does that, that make I, I, a little bit of sense? That that does. That does. I can I can see that happening because, like we've been saying from the beginning, regardless of the title, whether the title is involved or not, just get us to that match. Just get us to Sasha and Bailey. I agree, and not to mention, I do believe that the draft is coming up, so. Even if Asuka, Nia, any of the girls from the women from the Raw side won the title or the briefcase, they could still end up going after Tamina. It does not necessarily have to be, you know, Raw or SmackDown exclusive because we don't know what's going to happen when they shake that up. And I don't believe the contract is exclusive. At least I don't believe it is. No, uh, it is not. So the four matches that I'm, I'm serious. Like I. I can't remember four matches being this excited about, uh, especially for a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view. Let's do the title matches first. We'll start with Drew McIntyre defending his title for the first time at Seth, against Seth Rollins for the Raw title. Who you got and who do you think should win? Uh, technically, it's uh, defense number two because he had that first defense oh, you're immediately right. following. I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. Okay. And, defense uh, number two. And I believe Drew McIntyre uh, will be will remain our champion. They're gonna put down one hell of a freaking match, though. Uh, I think Drew should win, but again, WWE's lazy. They let Drew kind of go over on that go home. So I'm gonna stick with the recipe that normally is right in WWE matches, and say Seth. Shocks the world, wins the title, and it's going to be by nefarious ways, of course. And then I actually think Drew's going to end up winning the title back somewhere down the line, maybe even at SummerSlam, hopefully when there's a crowd to give him kind of that pop moment. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Seth Rollins wins it. So the next match I am so excited about, and I have no idea what's going to happen. You have Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the SmackDown title. We have the Former Wyatt family brothers facing each other. Both are white hot. Both, like, arguably, you could say, can't lose in this situation. Who you got, and who do you think should win? Honestly, 
I don't know, and I don't know. <laughs> There's really no telling as to what to do and where to go. I guess the only thing that it would boil down to is which version of Bray Wyatt enters the ring. That's the only way that I would be oh. able to definitively give a winner. But since I don't know uh, which one's going to show, because it's obvious that, you know, the Fiend wants his toy back. That we don't know what's going to happen. And that's honestly the most exciting part about this match is that I have no freaking clue. That's very interesting. I didn't think about it. I guess if Bray Wyatt and the sweater shows up, we probably have a pretty good idea what the outcome is. Uh, I'm going to say that I think Braun Strowman needs to win this because I believe if they continue to do what they did like at Mania and evolve the character and do cool things with it, Bray Wyatt is going to continue to be a star with or without the belt. And I think you can make a legit argument that The Fiend really doesn't need to be anywhere near around the title anyway. Sort of like The Undertaker for all those years. He didn't need the belt. He was bigger than it. You know, he was his own, uh, you know, side attraction, if you will. But I actually think Bray Wyatt is going to win. And the only reason why is one has been consistently pushed for the last year, with the exception of the Goldberg in Saudi Arabia uh, title loss. And, I mean, Strowman has been so start and stop pushed to the point we were shocked he won at Mania, and he was fighting Goldberg. Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense for Goldberg to win that match, but nobody really was sure if Strowman was going to come out on top. So for that reason, if you're asking for my actual pick, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt winning the title again. Hey, no matter what, I mean, just as long as, because we know that Bray can definitely wrestle, and I'm sure that, you know, with all the training these guys have done together, they're going to put on a great show. So as, as long as it's a good match, I don't think I can be upset with who comes out with the strap in this one. I agree. And again, I'm, I'm so looking forward to both of these matches. I hate uh, that there's not going to be a crowd because I think these would be two matches that the crowd would just be going Absolutely. bananas oh, over. Yeah. But hopefully it'll be fun. One more thing before we move on to the Money in the Bank matches. Any chance we get a similar Firefly Funhouse type deal with Bray and Braun? I hope not. Um, it really wouldn't be necessary considering they just did the recap a couple of weeks ago. So for them to actually go through that um, and that wouldn't even necessarily be a way to need to get Bray over on Braun because you know that, I mean, we all know that Bray can actually take him on, even though he's the smaller guy. The only thing that worries me was that got a very positive review hmm. by most of the internet fans, uh, you know, articles I read by people who cover wrestling. And WWE is not afraid to go to the well one too many times. Mm. So it'll be interesting. Uh, fine. We have the money in the bank matches going on at the same time, which has never been done. You have the man. I don't know if they're going to have two briefcases, I assume. I'm not really sure about that. Oh, they definitely are. They've said that. Yes, sir. Uh, if, 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 well, I don't know if they said it, but if it's as they've been showing it, 
it looks like both well, of them really will be cool. dangling so it's at the gonna same be time. In a ring on top of the WWE headquarters, which the visual alone is going to be amazing. I, I told you when I, they first came out with the, the gimmick for this match, I was really excited about it because we were fresh off of Mania. I think they're going to do some really cool stuff because these guys and gals are, excuse me, men and women are going to be starting literally when you come in the door and then they got to make their way up onto the roof, into the ring, and grab the briefcase. Let's start with the girl side or women's side because I don't think it's quite as interesting. You got Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Asuka, Carmella, Dana Brooke, and Lacey Evans. Before you give your, your winner and who you think should win, there is no chance in hell, right, that one of the women from SmackDown win this. Okay. Mm, nope. I, I, don't I hope not. I, I, hope I don't not. think that you can, unless there's like some gigantic spot that takes out all three of the women from Raw, I just can't see you having the opportunity of either Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, or Asuka having the money in the bank briefcase, which is terrifying. I mean, it would be one of the more terrifying, like up there with Brock Lesnar when he won it a couple of years ago of just like, not only could they probably cash in, you know, legit and have a great chance of taking the title. They have, you know, obviously the advantage of what the money in the bank briefcase brings. So who do you have? Out of those three winning, and who do you think should win? Um, out of those, out of those three, honestly, um, I think Naya still needs a little more time. She's uh, just coming fresh back from the injury, so uh, you know she. They they have. I hope they take the time with that. So what it boils down to, what it gets me so giddy, is Oscar and Shayna because. Oh, boy, I couldn't imagine. I mean, just imagine uh, uh, Shayna's already been menacing as it has been. And knowing she's got the briefcase and likely will be targeting Becky. I mean, that'll, that's going to be a fantastic thing. But at the same time, I think that they're finally ready to give just, just say, screw it. You don't have to do English. You just doing your Japanese and and your attitude is enough. Let's go, Oscar. So I'm going with the so you Empress think that's of the who Rising Sun. Win and who you would have win both. Okay, I think yes, sir. That who is gonna win is Shayna Baszler. I think that when she lost at Mania and we were shocked, both of us were. We both have said we think that you know Becky has done a phenomenal job as champion. But it's best for her character right now to lose that title so she can start the chase again, kind of tweak her character a little bit. Because almost any male or female that is champion for the length that she's been, they're going to get a little stale. It's just really difficult. CM Punk, who was one of my favorite champs of the last 10 years, before he turned heel when he had the stuff with The Rock, he had even got a little stale because it's just difficult. It's tough to be front and center for that many months in a row. I think that having Shayna Baszler win the briefcase will give you an out for having Becky take the loss. It sort of be legit, but not be legit. And then whether it be her retain and it lead to a her Ronda feud or something else, I just think that that's what they're doing. 
Now, if you're asking me who I think should win, Nia Jax. That's the money feud. That Right now, WWE is really hurting in ratings. They're really hurting in ratings. Mm. And outside of Ronda Becky, I think the biggest feud for eyeballs that they can have right now is Becky Nia Jax. I mean, could you imagine if Nia Jax wins the briefcase and then she's the one who takes Becky's belt? You know, of course, probably when she's at her most vulnerable or had this really brutal match and Nia's music hits, I am a monster. I mean, it's just, to me, it would sell. It would be awesome. And that's who I think should win the briefcase. But I actually think Shayna is going to win it. Uh, on the guy side, you got Daniel Bryan, King Corbin. Hopefully we'll be dropping King soon. Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black. AJ Styles and Otis. Again, you know the deal. Who do you think is going to win, and who do who do you want to win? Whew. Let's go with who I want to win. Who I want to win? Uh, toss up between two new guys, um, Alistair Black or Otis. Although it's probably not quite Otis's time yet, especially considering he broke in and has been mostly part of a tag team. No, Alistair Black, I would love to. Problem is, is that especially now with AJ coming back, it's hard to go against AJ Styles. And it's also hard to go against Daniel Bryan because of all the reasons you were talking about earlier. So, who I think will win, I'm going to say, I'm going to say AJ. Who I want to win, I want Otis to win. I actually think they're gonna they're gonna go with Corbin here uh I believe that if he is gonna be a champion this is the way it's gotta happen it just does I mean at least his first reign whatever he can do with it you know I don't know but for him to actually get the belt and make it believable this is the only avenue they have I've talked about since we've been doing this podcast he is so underrated. He is so great of a heel. You have two face champions. So whether it be on SmackDown or on Raw, and you could argue on SmackDown, even if Bray Wyatt wins, he's a de facto face. So either way, uh, it just would make sense. But if you're asking me who I would book, I would really like to have AJ Styles win it. And the reason being... If the goal this year, and at least starting out, is to put Drew McIntyre over and to make him the next big champion, the next big thing, they are doing it the perfect way. Went over Brock Lesnar. We made fun of it for, you know, beating the big show. But still, to be able to say you beat Brock Lesnar and the big show on the same night, that's saying something. Then to beat Seth Rollins and then to have AJ Styles chasing you with the briefcase, and to overcome that, whether it be Styles cashes in and then Drew has to win the title back or it's he actually stops AJ Styles from uh, or allows him to have an unsuccessful cash in. Man, now you're talking about what a run for Drew McIntyre after his you know title win. So, I, again, I'm going to say that I want AJ Styles to win, but I think that they're going to reward Corbin and get rid of the terrible King gimmick because he will now be money in the bank uh, briefcase holder, Baron Corbin. Yeah, I 
that that and that would play. And uh, to your point, if you if they were to go with the Corbin angle, he's the kind of guy, especially considering how much he's been clinging to that King thing. He's going to play that hold that until at least the Royal Rumble. But he's going to walk around and he's going to dangle it in front of whoever he feels like chasing for a long time. And, you know, there's been plenty of times where. You know, the money in the bank winner will just, oh, I'm just And most sit of the times that they bit. have have been the most memorable cash ins Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler. They took their time, they mm-hmm. waited. And let's be honest, I'm assuming and we hope that at some point in 2020, we will be back with wrestling fans in attendance watching. The money in the bank briefcase is special. But it needs a crowd. You know what I mean? It's just not as special if there's not an audience there. Absolutely. Well, man, I am proud of us. We actually ran through all that in under 50 minutes. So we're getting better. Uh, Splitting it into into two shows is making sense. (laughs) Uh, We will be back this weekend to, again, go over just a wonderful NXT AEW from Wednesday. Uh, I mean – I don't, I don't want to become, you know, the guys that are always bragging on certain shows and, you know, putting down others. But, man, Wednesday night was fun. It really was. It was a great two hours of wrestling for wrestling fans. Uh, other than uh, the money in the bank this weekend, obviously we have the last dance. And we do ask you, we are on Spotify now as well as iTunes. It's the IB Sports Team Turnbuckle Podcast. We do two a week. Uh, Rhino, do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you can get at me at harvestcreditors.com or on my Facebook or personal pages, Ronald Tinsley. Uh, our goal is 20,000 families in 2020. Um, need help with your credit? Get at me. And support the rest of the IB network while you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're taking your podcast. Good news for those that listen to myself and Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy Gambling Podcast, The Backdoor Cover. We're getting closer. Uh, there's, There's talks of baseball and basketball by early summer. The NFL just released their schedule today. So we can assure you that as soon as There are lines for games. Uh, Golf is supposed to be back by the end of May. Uh, We will be back giving y'all our gambling advice and picks. Uh, But until next time, this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, IV Sports Wrestling Podcast for Keith Fleming and my tag team partner, Ron L. Tinsley. We will see you guys soon.